Hey, this is Brian Kramer, author of Shareology. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast, where each week I publish an interview with the author of a new marketing or sales book, and which has been named by Forbes and LinkedIn, amongst others, as one of the top marketing podcasts. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything linkable in this episode's website page at marketingbookpodcast.com. And since I get to read every book featured on the show, if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or any other resource I know of for whatever challenge you're facing, send me a LinkedIn connection invite with a message that you're a listener, and I will do my best to get you pointed in the right direction. My name again is Douglas Burdett. All right, let's get on with the show. Today, I'm joined by Brian Kramer, and we're going to talk about his book, Shareology, How Sharing is Powering the Human Economy. Brian is a social business strategist and CEO of the social content, digital, and demand generation agency, Pure Matter located in Silicon Valley. Brian is also the author of the best-selling book, There Is No B2B or B2C, It's Human to Human, H to H, which in its first week rose to Amazon's number one top-selling business book. He also heads up H to H University, an online social media training program for small to mid-sized businesses. And he's a TED speaker and speaks around the world about H to H and the power of sharing. He's also a podcaster. He hosts From the Author's Point of View, where he interviews authors. Hmm, sounds similar. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, congratulations on Shareology, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me here and talking about my favorite topic. So you're here to talk about Shareology, uh, but can you say a bit about your H2H book and its connection to the development of your book, Shareology. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was, um, I, I actually, believe it or not, I started Shareology first. It was um, a book that I was working on when H to H became more prominent, more prevalent, uh, prevalent in my life. I started working on um, the, the book. Um, let's see. It was probably two years ago. And, um, and, uh, I was keynoting on stage at Bloomberg, um, at Bloomberg West. And I had a screen up. It was, uh, the screen said, um, there's no B2B or B2C. It's human to human H to H. And a friend of mine, Ted Rubin, actually had me go back a screen to see it again. And he, um, lifted his phone and took a picture and in, um, uh, in conjunction, everybody else followed and started taking pictures and threw it out on the interwebs on social media. And within the next 48 hours, it grew so much. It, it took on over 80 million impressions. It got over 15 languages, uh, tra- at least 15 languages. And it was blogged about over 2,000 times to my, my recollection. Recolle- uh, recollection at the time and even more so since then. So we took all of that and realized that, um, you know, this was really important now more than ever. Although we've been talking about it for 10 years, it was something that really obviously resonated now and needed to be said. So we sat down and with my wife's help, um, collected everything that I'd written for the last few years, which was on that same topic 
and pulled it together into a book to outline the different um, ways that you can humanize your business and conduct your business in a human-to-human way. Um, and so we, um, uh, it, as, as you mentioned, it was really successful because it was time, timely. And also for the previous two years, I had worked on my personal brand enough that, um, that it wasn't coming out of nowhere. And uh, I think those two things combined really helped. And so now um, then I picked back up a year ago, Shareology, um, which was perfect. I wish I could have planned this as, you know, uh, uh, in a, in a, if I planned it, it would have been, I would have been a rock star marketer, but I didn't. Um, I actually picked Shareology back up and made it, which made more sense as an extension to H to H. So it is how sharing powers the human economy. Um, and it really um, is more of a 50 to 100 foot level book um, talking more about the power of sharing where H to H human to human is more of a 500 foot level about why we need to be um, uh, human in the first place in our business. So um, the two are really complement each other. You don't have to read one in order to understand the other, but um, but they really are. It really is an extension to the first book. Mm-hmm. When... That happened when Ted Rubin took the picture and you're making that presentation. It sounds like you had the realization of, hmm, maybe I'm on to something here. And it reminded me of something in your book where you talked about the, because of the sharing and social media and so forth, uh, the demise of the focus group, where you've got this instant feedback mechanism that marketers didn't have in the past. Anyway, that's, that's what came to mind uh, as an illustration yeah. of that point. That's right. Um, and actually, believe it or not, that's a good point because I, I actually talk about that in the book about social media being the largest uh, focus group in the world. Um, we don't need to sit behind the glass uh, windows, the one-way glass windows, and eat fancy food and watch people answer questions that were premeditated and um, give us the answers that we are looking for rather than the answers we really need. Right. And, um, and I think that aside from my book, um, social media in general is – is that and you can use it to conduct um, all kinds of testing and in and interactions that you never could have before and you're right I mean it was the power of the web and it's also the power of um, real-time marketing um, this was big when real-time was you know a hot hotter topic it still is but it was just you know it's around when or the Oreo cookie came out um, mm-hmm dunk in the dark at um, the NFL um, Super Bowl game when they responded so quickly with this thing and the tweet ended up um, getting more play than the uh, actual paid commercials for millions of dollars. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and there's other, so many other uh, real-time examples that are still going on where people are, uh, brands are able to operate in the moment and, um, and it's carrying so much more weight and people are a little bit more forgiving when you operate in the moment because they realize like, Hey, how can you be perfect? There is no such thing as perfect. Why not be human? So, um, so that really does the real time aspect of what we're talking about and the focus group and all that kind of stuff really does go back to the preface of, of H In the book, you talk about our need to share is based on the human instinct, not only to survive, uh, but to thrive and, and that our, our biggest need, as humans, is connection. I wanted to ask you to comment a little bit more about what I thought was one line from the book that just hit me over the head. 
And that's when you said there is really only one reason at the core of human sharing, self-perception. Can you explain that? Yeah, self-perception, um, uh, and, and in my mind, uh, equals and is is um, is what relates back to why we want to connect. Um, so connection is at the very heart of it. Connection is with one or more people is why we share. Um, when you share a story, when you're in person with someone, when you are online, there out of I did over 250 plus interviews with um, uh, social linguists and um, executives, um, uh, um, psychologists, um, PhDs, all, everybody from all walks of life and ran um, basically every word, all my transcripts and all my interviews through um, uh, a database to see what, what words were trending. And the biggest word that trended is connection. Um, and, and the reason that we all share the reason that we're um, all remiss in sharing because I don't think that everybody is at, and that's why I wrote this book is I don't think that everybody is um, can walk into a room and and be able to pass a car a business card out and connect with other people I, I don't think it's an innate skill for everybody um, even extroverts I think have a difficult time with this and when you when you look at this now with uh, look at social media as walking into a room with a business card and um, and how you're perceived, in, how your brand is perceived as a personal brand, is more important now than it's ever been. And so, um, how we we really need to build um, what I what I call a social body, your social body language. It's you know all the little things that add up to that perception, and and um, and how it equates back to um, uh, how somebody, why somebody wants to connect with you. So in the book, I talk about. A formula for that. Um, how do you? And, and it's a formula that you can run um, over and over and over again and be really successful with, um, you know, how um, how people will perceive you. Uh, and 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 all of this, by the way, is in an authentic way. There's nothing inauthentic about it because um, I, I do believe in in that. And I I think that the more authentic you are um, in your personal brand and business brand, the better. And I talk about that in both human to human as well as. Um, as well as Shareology. Yeah, you talk about why um, being human online is such a challenge for businesses. It, why is that? Um, so take the pillars of human to human and, and think about these three as I as I mentioned them. And it, actually, if you wanted to even participate and give me um, uh, some responses, that'd be great too. Um, the, the pillars for human to human to be the most human brand, or or even a human that people just want to connect with, a personal brand. Um, you you want to take um, uh, he, uh, sorry, empathy, imperfection, and simplicity. And um, and when you look at those three and you think about them, like first of all, let's look at simplicity. What brand do you know that is very simplistic that you get it right away, or you you know exactly what they sell? Well, if it's a marketing podcast we're on, which we are, we're required sure. by law to say Apple. Ah, there you go. And and that's not a bad answer because I, I, a lot of people could tell tell us exactly what they sell. So um, I think that that's a really good one. Um, now, how about who? What's a brand that's very empathetic? So a brand that um, that cares so much about their customers, they're willing to go to the extra mile to make sure that they're happy. Virgin. 
there you go. And last but not least, an imperfect, an imperfection, uh, celebrating and embracing imperfection. What brand do you believe not only is imperfect, because I think every brand is, but embraces their imperfection? Mm. Perhaps they've screwed up in some way and they came out and said, you know what? We screwed up. Well, I want to say an airline. Uh, yeah, every, every day, right? <laughs> but I'm trying to think of uh, somebody who embraces imperfection. I, I know I should have this answer because I read the book, but um, maybe another hint. Um, you know, why don't I give you a, a, a couple ideas? Um, I, I think that um, – you know, Amazon is a good one. They, they, you know, no, not every order is perfect. Uh, yet, for some reason, we're all in love with Amazon and their service. Um, I think you're right. You know, hotels, the travel industry, and in, 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 as its whole, um, even um, how about um, you know, like sports. Um, you know, they've got athletes all over the place saying things that aren't appropriate, and yet they're having to say they're sorry. Yeah, all the you know, time. I can think of one. I think it was an airline where somebody posted something by mistake that was really obscene. U.S. Air. Yeah, and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, they didn't fire the guy. They said, "Look, it was a screw up. We're, so, right. we're really sorry." I think you That's talk exact. about that in the book, right? Yeah, I do. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great one. Um, and and it's because he. Did he copied and pasted a link into the wrong field, um, and the link instead went into a tweet rather than flagging it as inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And before they knew it, it was off and running with an inappropriate picture on the web. Um, he'll never do that again, and that was their point. Like <laughs> we we have a uh, we have just trained somebody better than anybody ever can, um, and and I think that was great. Um, so so now we've talked about those three pillars: simplicity. When, Empathy, Empathy and imperfection. And imperfection mm-hmm. Right. So when you look at those three, the the mo- the, in- the interesting thing is the the more you embrace those three, the more human you and, and connected in a human way you become. So if you were to look at um, uh, becoming as much as you can two out of those three, um, you're getting even closer. And then all three um, having a uh, plan for all three is 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 to be at, at your most human core. The problem is that there aren't many brands that are all three, um, and I, I always challenge the audience to come up with one. And, and rarely, if at all, do we have a very human brand. And it's because we don't know how to operate a business on that level. We're look, we're used to operating, you know, on an individual level, on a personal level, in that way. Mm-hmm. And those those three things, by the way, do apply to both people and brands. So let's talk about what makes things worth sharing. Most yeah. of the book is about that, but if you could touch uh, on uh, some of the key things, I mean, you—it's not just you. You you talk about Jonah Berger and several other folks in here, but what it's really quite interesting. What are the things you've boiled down that make stuff worth sharing? Well, it's it's a tough one to answer because everybody everybody has something different that resonates with them. And, um, I, you know, the, the most important thing that everyone needs to know is that, um, there, well, there's two things. One is, um, that, that, um, what you share and, and as you share is, is in direct correlation, um, to how people perceive you. And I know it sounds very simplistic, but I don't think a lot of people get this because there's a lot of subconscious, um, um, thinking going on when somebody sees that you're sharing uh, something, let's say, for example, about the, the economist every day. 
Um, and if you're sharing, all you're sharing is about The Economist, then people are going to start to think about you in a different way or think about you in a way that has to do with, you know, economy or government or um, policy or, um, you know, all, all, the, all the topics that you might share out of that. And they'll quickly align you with that brand. Um, and so what that means is you are what you share. We are all what we share. And I, I, I kind of pause there because I like everyone to just kind of like let that sink in because we have the ability to change the perception of what people think about us. And I don't mean in a bad way or in an authentic way. I mean in a way that allows everyone to know that we have, we are multidimensional, that we have different things that we are excited about in life. And so one of the concepts they talk about in the book is to share in the rule of thirds. It's actually a photographer's trick to make sure that a photo is interesting. And as you look through any photos of all the great photographers, you'll notice that nothing is ever centered, um, unless it's a landscape. But nothing is ever centered. The person is always to the left or to the right, or the blurred focus is, is, is um, putting things into thirds in the picture. And that's what makes a photo interesting and different. So if you were to take that same concept and you were to apply it to your sharing, you would become more interesting, more multidimensional and be able to do things in a way that people wouldn't get, um, uh, wouldn't start to tune you out. Because I think, again, if you were to share The Economist for the next five days, that's all you shared, it would become same. It would become noise. Uh, sorry, um, go into the background. So I always suggest to share in third. So share tips. I share personally, I share tips and news mm -hmm. about um, things. I share uh, about other people a third of the time. And then I share about myself. And, and I don't even know if I share about myself a third time, but uh, except for around my book right now. But norm normally, um, it would be a third about our company or um, you know what's going on in my life, mm -hmm. especially around personal and business. So not just one or the other. Now, by dividing that into thirds and then breaking it out over time, people are seeing that multidimensional layer about what I'm interested in, um, what other things I'm doing to give back to highlight other people. Uh, it's not just all about me and also a little bit about me because people are interested, I think, in learning more about yourself. Mm -hmm. So um, so by taking that approach, and you can divide the thirds up in any way you want. That's just how I do mine. Um, I think it really helps to build your social body language and your own sharing. Now there's a lot more that I go into in the book. That's just like a real high level. One little um, piece. Yeah. Hey, let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about selling, you know, sales. There's one chapter where you talk about how if we struck the word selling from our vocabularies and replaced it with helping, we would be much better off. Can you explain that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the chapter actually literally has, the word selling crossed out and helping. Um, yeah, it so was it was pretty clear help, so. to, to this reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know about you, um, but for me, anytime somebody reaches out and says, I, would you buy my, will you buy this? Will you buy this? Will you buy this? <laughs> how's, I, uh, how's that working to, with Brian Kramer? Yeah. <laughs> won't work. Um, you know, I, I, I know I'm in most cases I won't even respond. Um, I mean, if you, if you want to, um, turn, turn me off or tune me out, uh, right away, just, just sell me 
and um, and and you'll you'll eliminate yourself immediately from my purview. Mm-hmm. If you um, want to help, um, you know, there's lots of ways to help. And I have so many great friendships online that I've made over the years because we've helped each other. Um, and we've figured out a way that we can do build content together or we can highlight her. You know, obviously we're here on the podcast together and we're getting to meet each other. There's ways of building a relationship. And that's what it's really all about is building a relationship. And if you go back to, since your, your listeners are, are marketers, if you go back to, you know, any of you who have a communications degree, the first thing they teach you is about the onion theory and how you peel the onion with people. The onion theory goes that, you know, there's very thin layers as, um, for the onion, but the closer that you get to the center, the thicker the, the onion and the more meat and, 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 and um, uh, the more you get to know somebody really kind of starts to happen. This happens in our personal relationships, in our marriages, and how we met, met our spouses, or, and, 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 and so on and so on. So the more we get to know each other, the more we peel the, back the layers, the more we trust each other. And the more we trust each other, the more we're apt we are to work with each other because now we know and we've tested and tried what each other is made of and what we can do together. Um, for people to have, um, sorry, if, if this is, awkward, but uh, for people to have one night stands, it's very rare for, you know, it to work out. Um, so I, I definitely, um, suggest, um, you know, uh, actually in the book, I outlined, um, Jill Rowley outlines her steps towards, um, social helping and how to approach this within the company. She's awesome. She's a social sales evangelist and she follows the same thinking where you want to help each other and, and reach out to other people. And, and she followed, she actually outlines the steps involved in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And you also give an example of a company that sort of found you online and then they might've been through Twitter and then they got to your blog and they read your information. And the next thing you knew, uh, they, I guess they contacted you and they came to visit you and <laughs> now it's a big client. So it was like a reverse, yeah. uh, a reverse angle on that, but it's, that's uh that's how it works and people can buy differently now. So um before sure. we start to wrap up, I wanted to ask one other thing that I found just really interesting and that was toward the end of the book you interview um a number of people and you interviewed Michael Steltzner from Social Media Examiner about the future of social media. And he he talks about how uh the social media is becoming more like broadcast mediums uh, where the social part is becoming irrelevant and it's essentially pay to push. <laughs> In other words, uh, it's, it's, they're going back to their old roots of, of being broadcasters and that people will start to uh, leave them. Some of the social networks are going to become ghost towns because of that. Can you <laughs> explain what that's all about? Yeah, well, you know that's the pay-to-play model, right? Um, and I do, I do think, excuse me, nothing, nothing is for free. Um, no matter what, uh, er- everything is equated back to dollars and cents. Um, so think about even just your time to write a blog and what that blog is worth, and um, how you know if you're building content or a drip marketing system. Um, and it's just even all of your time writing and building emails, you know, every, there's a cost to everything. It's the time that it takes to do all of that, the cost of the software, which is obviously minimal, but, um, and then, and then the cost to getting it out there and, you know, right now you just even like what 
Michael's talking about, like, look at Facebook. You know, if you really want something to be seen um, by the world, it's not going to, it's, it's probably, um, you know, going to resonate louder and, and with a much wider audience with, um, with a little bit um, more of a paid, uh, a boosted um, post on mm-hmm. Facebook or on Twitter or even on LinkedIn. Um, I mean, we're, we're, it used, it used to be that, um, you know, Facebook's algorithm allowed you to, uh, get much farther reach. And now all Facebook pages really dipped, um, incredibly, um, far, low. Almost because, to nothing. Yeah. Almost to nothing to the, to the point where if you really want your, the people who, that have already opted in, that have already liked your page, if you really want them to see it, you still have to boost the post for <laughs> the, it. The people and, that you paid, uh, many companies paid, worked very hard to get these fans, and now they have to pay to reach them. Right, exactly. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to last forever, um, and they have to... Um, they had to figure out a way to keep the model going. I think that um, you're going to see this. You are seeing this with all the other networks. I mean, Pinterest just opened up their ad network, their pinning network. Um, Instagram just opened up last week theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone is um, diving in. Now, um, I, I do think that it will become saturated and it's going to become cyclical. Everything is cyclical. So for the next uh, year, we're, we're going to see lots of great ads and great pins and great uh, Instagram posts that people are paying for. And we'll see some creativity there, but it all, it still goes back to a combination of the two great sharing as well as um, uh, some purchasing. It, it's not completely a paid, um, uh, pay, pay to play. You can still share and have some, uh, you know, some great results. It, but I do think there's going to be a nice combination of the two. Yeah, it's like a pendulum's going to be swinging back and forth. But he also mentioned that um, there will always be new social networks that come along because people are going to gravitate towards those where they can be social instead of sit there passively and, and get messages. On the flip side, uh, as you mentioned in the book, social networks are great for advertising. You can really target people well. Yeah, yeah, you can target people very well. You can you can target a specific person. Um, you can <laughs> I, I I could just target just you on Facebook and have. I, in fact, I I think I remember um, there was a um, there was an instance where a guy uh, wanted to play a prank on his roommate, and so he did an a wanted roommate ad. And targeted just his roommate, and um, and and his the ad showed up. Uh, it took it like three or four times, and then his his roommate. Now the reason that he knows his roommate saw it is because there was a click on it, and that could only show up for him. So in this instance, it was um, a little Big Brother, but he knew that that happened, and his roommate was being quiet about it for a couple of days, and then finally he spoke up, and they had a good laugh over it. Um, but, um, well, I hope they're still, I hope they're still roommates. I, according to the, (laughs) according to the article, they were, they were, they were okay. But uh, yeah, it's, it's that targeted and, um, and you can do a lot of different really cool things, but that gets into a whole different conversation too, over, um, two things, uh, lazy marketing, um, Mm -hmm. not target, not targeting and just setting, setting it up and, and walking away, which is not cool. Cause then you get ads that don't have anything to do with you that show up. And, um, and the other thing is, um, is just, uh, making sure that you're not lazy. Um, lazy marketing is, um, you know, kind of go, goes back to that, 
the first point that I was making is just, you know, not paying attention to like AB testing and some of the other things that you need to do to get your, your, um, it's not just an automated world. It's, you know, a place where we, we still need to manually as humans go in and actually interact with the system. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people say these days, the era of lazy marketing is over, but it, it is. And I think that people who, that doesn't mean people can't still try and do lazy marketing, but it's just not going to work. They they can waste money on it, but it's just not going to work. So, in other words, it's uh, it's not that you you can't do lazy marketing, but in the old days you could do it and you'd still get something out of it. Now you can't. So, Brian, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it would be? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is just to remember that you are you are what you share and i talk through and i'll, I'll let you read this in the book but i talk through the six uh, types of shares in the book mm -hmm. to to go through go through those and figure out which kind of share you are and is that what you want to be um and and then equate that back to the these the uh, formula that i've given as well meaning um you, the, the, you know, cutting your shares into thirds and figuring out what you want to per be perceived as, because if you start to hone in a little bit more around that, you're going to see, you're going to see all kinds of stuff happen. You're going to see a lot, lot better relationships develop. You're going to see better, um, you know, potential sales volume happen. You're going to see better friendships come out of it. There's so many different positive, positive outcomes that, um, I would definitely focus in on the sharing formula, including the type of share that you are. Mm -hmm. And it is measurable. Let me ask a couple of questions that are popular with the listeners. Are there any recent marketing books uh, you've read that you recommend? I, I realize you just finished writing yours. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I actually I don't read books while I'm writing. And so for the last two years, I've kind of stayed off of books because I I'm, I need to stay focused, so it's a really hard question for me. But, um, but well, how I about do some have, that you're okay? I was going to say, how about some that you're looking forward to getting into? Yeah, yeah. So I have. Uh, <laughs> it's probably a big stack by now. I, I have a big stack. I have um, because I have a podcast about this kind of stuff. So um, I uh, have one that I just started. I finally uh, got into. I'm getting my first book, and it's uh, Stand Out by Dory Clark. Yes. It's how to, how to find your breakthrough idea and build a following around it. It's um I I can I can already tell it's an awesome awesome book. And um and she's she's a great lady so I I am I'm looking forward to this. It is and and I've I've read it and have, I've had the honor of interviewing her on this. So we'll make sure oh, cool. to, to link to that, but it was yeah. it was one of those books that's going to be around for a while, I think. Yeah. I think though that if people don't you know, so if you read it four years from now, you're going to beat yourself up for saying, gosh, why didn't I read that when it first came out? It was one of those books to me. Well, that's great. Brian, how best can people find out more about you and your new book? Very easy. Um, go to briancramer.com, B-R-Y-A-N-K-R-A-M-E-R.com, or you can find me on Twitter or most social media at Brian Kramer as well. The name of the book is Shareology, How Sharing is Powering the Human Economy. The author is Brian Kramer. Brian, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. If you are one of the hundreds of listeners who have left an iTunes review, please let me return your kind favor by mailing you some Marketing Book Podcast bookmarks and laptop stickers. Just send me your mailing address anywhere in the world and I'll drop it in the mail. And remember the words of the entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker Jim Rohn, who said, Formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune.